Hey everybody, it's Chris Coyer here. I have a presentation here, maybe a little bit of a grandiose title called A Tale of Four Properties. I only say, you know, it's not really a tale. We're just gonna really, we're just gonna talk about four properties, four CSS properties that are all related to the idea of shapes in CSS. You know, geometric shapes is what I'm talking about here. So this is a presentation I put together for a couple conferences and I then I gave those presentations. Then I thought, hey, why don't I just do it from my office too and record it and put it on YouTube so everybody can see it. Uh, maybe you're watching this video on CSS tricks, I'd say, perhaps. Uh, I also am a co-founder of CodePen, kind of a web coding playground, social network, dev environment kind of thing for front-end developers. And then every week, for the most part, I have a, a show with my friend Dave Rupert called Shop Talk Show. So that's just me. Let's just say, hypothetical, let's kick this tail off, as it were. Uh, let's just say that you really like, I mean, you really, really like the band They Might Be Giants. They're a great band. Nerds tend to like them. They have music that you think about and it's fun and stuff. Perhaps you really, really like, I'd call their seminal album, their 19 album, 1990 album Flood. Maybe even had it on cassette, you know? Definitely one of the only records I had that had its own like kind of hype track, kind of intro track to get you psyched for the record. little foreshadowing with that ball movement there a little bit uh you know maybe if you don't recognize that track i mean why would you probably didn't uh that was just the intro track you know it had some hits on it though at least popular songs this is a popular one from the record pretty fun one. Oh, that's a good kick drum Yeah, anyway. Oh, I like that. Birdhouse in your soul. That was a good one. I'd say if you're that big of a fan, you only really have one choice here. We're talking fan site time. I think it's our job, our duty, when we really love something. To make a fan site, what goes on a fan site? I don't know. Lyrics and photos i don't know what goes on there let's start with lyrics though that makes sense i put together this loose outline for how i think we should approach the site maybe you know some navigation get a little wacky with it hit counter for sure oh okay so we're gonna focus on some lyrics for now uh particle man great song from that record you know particle man particle man doing the things a particle can yeah Particle Man, great song from it. Let's uh, let's get some some HTML for us to work with here. We're gonna, you know, this is a fan site, a fan website. We're gonna make a website. Uh, uh, you click on lyrics, you click on Particle Man, you get to a song like this. I'm pretty sure this is how HTML works. Uh, I probably grabbed these lyrics from somebody else's fan site. You know, put the put them in paragraph tags. Rock and roll. We want to do something special though. You know, we can't just dump out the text on the page that's no fun we gotta do each each song here i feel like should have some sparkle to it you know something kind of cool you know maybe for inspiration for particle man we'll look to triangle man i don't know if the you know the the official ratings were in but particle man they they kind of they would fight there's multiple characters in the song and uh 
they kind of go at it. Uh, Triangle Man tended tend, tend, tend to win, I, I find, in this song. You know? Triangle Man, Triangle Man, Triangle Man hates Particle Man. They have a fight, Triangle wins, Triangle Man. He wins. He wins that time. He wins again later in the song. Plus, triangles are a great shape, and that makes a great excuse for this talk. So uh, what can we do with the triangle one? I got an idea. Let's make those lyrics on the page, but we'll slant them up. You know, like you won't just read the article or the, the lyrics straight up and down. They'll have a slant to them, kind of an homage to triangle man in a way, you know, like this, like slanty, like not just straight up and down. Slant, slant. How do we do that? Here's a way that you can do that in web design. I think that's got the right indie spirit here, you know? Just use a pre-tag, have that white space be respected, make an angle. Uh, but I think there's maybe maybe even a better way than that, having to format your HTML in a particular way. What we're gonna look at is uh, floats. Brand new thing, brand new thing in, the, in HTML and CSS, kind of important stuff, you know? Allows you to <laughs> wrap text around uh, rectangles and stuff. I'm just kidding. Floats aren't new, but here there is a property called shape outside that allows us to kind of fiddle with that shape that uh, the text flows around. Those gray lines being text and the blue being the element that's floated around. As you can see, that here's what's going on. Float left, it's got a width and a height, and the text just flows around that. It's automatically kind of a display block element kind of thing. There, This is the property that we're actually going to be talking about. Property number one in our mission here, shape outside that uh, uh, can kind of re-controls how that text is gonna float around that floated element. And floating being important, it does have to be floated for now, maybe it won't forever with exclusions and stuff like that, but for now you gotta float the element. So, shape outside, that's the property, the value being this function, and it takes one called polygon, which I think is fascinating, polygon, polygon. Uh, I can just define a polygon in CSS. Indeed you can in this context. So I'm gonna give it three values. And in fact, it can kind of take infinite values. I think I would think three being kind of the minimum there, three being the minimum uh, for a triangle, especially. Uh, now you see what I've done, X, Y. So 100 pixels to the right from the upper left gets me that point. 200, 200 gets me down there. Zero, 200 gets me there. And uh, now I've made, I've defined the shape outside poly as this polygon. Look what happens to the text. That's what's going to happen. That's how the text is going to flow around this shape now. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool stuff. It's kind of like chipping away at a floated element. And then as I wrote that, I was like, you know, it's really more about redefining that element, I'd say, uh, in that, that that triangle could have been bigger, you know, than the shape outside. It doesn't really matter. You're just defining a new shape for the uh, the stuff to go around there. So we could define a triangle that's kind of like 100% high. I know we use pixels there, but we could use percentages as well. Really takes any of the values, relative values, whatever. We'll make a giant triangle. Homage to Triangle Man. And we'll set the text around that floated element. And we just got the look that we're looking at for. As a bonus here, you can animate that. CSS, it's just numbers, you know. In this case, it's just pixel values or percentage values. However, CSS tends to be kind of cool, allowing us to animate things that are just numbers like that. So here's an example where I set up uh, uh, an animation for the shape outside property here. So, oh my god, you can do that. So it's animating from kind of like nothing to that thing. That's just kind of fun. 
It's cool to know that you can do that kind of thing. This is how it works in CSS. We'll put a transition on that shape outside property and then have an off and on class. Essentially, one of them is a polygon that's it basically does nothing because it's zero percent wide, but it's setting us up with a polygon that has the same number of points as the one below it. That's important. CSS needs that to be able to animate between those two states. So if I have an off and an on, you know, it's off by default. I plug the on class on there and it will animate that polygon between those two things. So I just have an off and on class there uh, to help me kind of think through the animation. Here's just like a draggable example too to kind of get you thinking about this, that these this class can, kind of, this is this elements being dragged around and the shape outside is being uh, moved at the same time. And, uh, you know, just, just to get you thinking about possibilities here. Let's do Universe Man. Universe Man appeared in the song Particle Man. Lovely. He's a, he's a, he's a big dude, man. And in fact, Tiny Toons once uh, uh, animated uh, the, the song Particle Man. It's a great video. You should definitely YouTube and watch it. He was this big, he has this big ass belly. I think he should take that big ass belly and plop it up against our text. I think that would be great. So like what kind of uh, a circle certainly, you know, kind of epitomizes Universe Man, i Universe man, size of the entire universe man, usually kind to smaller man. He's big. He's a big circle. Still on shape outside here. We looked at polygon. Shape outside can take circle or ellipse as functions as well. So let's just use ellipse. Ellipse is just kind of like a more powerful version of circle, which allows you to say how wide and how tall is that ellipse going to be, and then at what position. So let's take universe man. Let's assume there's an off and an on class for universe man as well too. Uh, and now I've defined this ellipse as a 200 by 200. So it's basically a circle, but I've moved it to negative 300 pixels up. So it's, it's kind of nowhere. Like it will have no effect and then it will move down. And if we animate between them, uh, well, you'll see, this is how it works. We have this big floated thing. We've kind of collapsed it to nothing because we've made this circle and the circle is negative 300. So it's just kind of gone. And then we have the on class to move it down into the text. And that's the animation. And as that happens, the text will move away from the inside. And it's actually the animation's even cooler than that. So if here's the demo again, triangle man. And then if I click on universe man, it's going to, it's going to transition off triangle man first. And then there's universe man. Yes. Oh, how awesome is that? So notice we had to we had to transition off Triangle Man first and then transition on Universe Man. And that's just it's because of that weird CSS thing that I mentioned and that CSS can only animate uh, uh, you know, a polygon to a polygon for sure. It can't transition a polygon to an ellipse. It's not going to happen even within polygons. It has to have the same number of points. So I just, that's why I have these off and on classes. And this is some JavaScript that just does basically class name manipulation. But if you want to transition to a new one from Triangle Man to Universe Man, you'd transition off Universe Man, then put the off class for Universe Man on there. So the, you know, the polygon's gone and it's ellipse now, and then drop the, you know, kind of wait, make sure everything's done, then drop the on class and it will animate to each other. So it's just some class name manipulation to get done what we needed to get done. This isn't vital. It's just, I wanted to be able to, to basically animate from a polygon to an ellipse. And this is what I had to do to do it. So just some class name manipulation there. Nothing to worry about. Of course, we're just screwing around with this dumb little fan site, but there's actually tasteful things you could do with shape outside. Certainly, uh, uh, this is, um, Stacy Kvernmo, who's a gymnast and that's her right there wrapping some text around her own body that she's kind of clipped away with a polygon, 
uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, I like it. There's a lot of stuff going on in that demo, but definitely Shape Outside was at work there. Jen Simmons has been talking about doing interesting things with layout for years now. Back in 2016, she made a bunch of demos specifically for Shape Outside, like this tomato. It's a circle, right? Egg, ellipse, certainly. Uh, I think there's some grapes here. Um, that's actually going to be a polygon. We'll look at that in a minute. Uh, note that you can cut right through the text if you want to. It works with things like column layout as well. Uh, and, and we often think of float left. You know, all these demos we've been looking at, the, the, the object is on the left and we float the text. You know, the text you know flows around it on the right of the element. But in this case, all of these individual plums are float right is the shape and there's a bunch of them and they all kind of flow around the text and you can just mess with it you know think about that a little bit there's also this um you can give to shape outside instead of polygon circle ellipse and there's even others that we'll look at you can pass it a url and the url to a raster graphic or it might take svg graph, some kind of graphic you know uh, and it kind of does edge detection and figures out what's going on here. So the swan on the right, that wasn't a polygon there. That's just being passed an image and it's, you know, figuring out through thresholds what's going on there and how to stay away from the swan, which is a pretty interesting thing. Uh, you can't give it a URL to uh, existing SVG path on the page, for example, which you might assume that you could, you know, like, why can't I link to an SVG path? We'll look at and question some of that stuff shortly. What about person man? Person man's up in the song Particle Man. Maybe this is person man, just a normal, normal person. I just grabbed this person off the noun project or something. Uh, how would I do that? Well, let's look in a minute. First, let's look at this browser support stuff for Shape Outside. So this isn't, this is just assuming that Shape Outside is supported in the browser. I'm looking at the nuance connection between Shape Outside and the values that it can take. So Shape Outside can take the value polygon, it can take circle, it can take ellipse. We looked at that. It can take inset, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, it will not take a path, like we just looked at the shoulder of, of Person Man there, which we'll look at again in a second. It can't take path, which seems crazy because paths are great. We'll look at that. Well, believe me, we're going to get there. And it takes URLs, but it, you can't link to an in, existing SVG elements path or circle or anything like that. You just you can look to raster graphics there. So you got to know what's going on, but it will take that. So person man, again, uh, uh, vector data. Let's say we want to do that with person man. I mean, certainly we could fake it with a polygon, uh, 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 but let's let's hold off on that. And again, this browser support chart is assuming that shape outside is supported in the browser, which you get pretty good coverage there. I'd say it's, you know, it's worth using. A lot of this stuff is pretty progressive and has been friendly anyway. Uh, no Internet Explorer Edge stuff yet and no Opera Mini, which is probably good. I don't think Opera Mini is in the territory of the, doing this kind of thing. So, you know, probably, you know, remember in the grapes and in Stacy's demo, it's probably like faking a path, faking those curves with just straight lines through Polygon. That's what we could do here. Certainly, it would be no big deal. We could absolutely do that. Uh, uh, but let's just, uh, as fancy people say, let's put a pin in that just for a second because we need to deal with Particle Man himself. Duh. This whole thing's about Particle Man. we got to do something with Particle Man. Clearly, he's a tiny little speck, you know, flying around the screen. we got to have him flying around this page. And... It, uh, it's pretty important to me that Particle Man flies around in this particular path that I've drawn. Smooth, fluid curves. 
This is the pin that we stopped for a minute. A polygon is not going to work with this. We can't do that. We can't just fake it. We can't it a polygon. He'd be herky jerky around the screen. We need this little speck to be flying around very smoothly. Fortunately, that's no problem. There's another property. We're moving on to property number two here. Offset path actually used to be called motion path, which makes a lot more sense, I think. Why they changed it, I can't say. People just liked it better that way. So I don't think they liked it better that way in this particular case. I think motion path makes sense. Offset path, I think they changed it because they're like, you know, you could apply a path to an element and never animate it if you wanted to, which seems bizarre to me. It's kind of like, you know, we can't call it margin. You know, people might not use margin to actually space out elements. They just apply it to different elements because they hate each other. No, I don't know. I just think motion path is better, but whatever. I get it. Offset path. Maybe you use it to position things. I don't know. And not animate it. It really seems animation friendly. 99% of the usages of this for sure is going to be animation, I would say. So motion path, motion path, just like shape outside. It takes a value of a function, essentially, you know, path with the parentheses there is a function value, just like circle and ellipse and all that other stuff path 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 x you know shape outside did not take path that was the big x in that browser support motion path does take path and that's wonderful because paths are awesome they can draw anything they can draw circles and ellipses and polygons and all that stuff but they can also crucially draw curves They're, it's a very powerful syntax for drawing anything uh which is fantastic it's kind of like the ultimate drawing tool it comes from SVG. It's the ultimate drawing tool in SVG. All of the other elements that draw things basically get converted to paths internally anyway. Uh, this is what the path syntax kind of looks like in SVG land. There's a D, like for data attribute, and it has its own little syntax in there. You see M, move to coordinate 25, 100. Sure, C is a type of curve. There's a bunch of different types of curves that are they're all, everything's like letters and then a series of numbers. C takes three coordinates, which are Bezier points uh, in a final destination. S is another type of curve that takes less data because it makes some assumptions and stuff. You don't need to know all this. I'm just saying that paths can draw anything, including these nice curves, including how we want Particle Man to fly around the page. So I would take something like this, and I literally drew this online in a method draw, which is just like free vector editing software on the web. Pretty cool that that stuff is available. You can see definitely that it's vector data. I can save right out of method draw uh, and get an SVG file. You can see that that is indeed represented by a path in SVG. So this is a graphic. I could use this graphic directly and it would show that path in the web browser or however I want to use it. But we're not intending to draw that path. We want to just use that path for Particle Man, the element, to fly all around. So let's say we made Particle Man. He's five by five pixels with a background of blue. So you can see this little dot, this little five by five dot. Then I say offset path and then grab that SVG data and put it in that path function and then use a keyframe animation, which defaults to zero motion offset. Offset path and motion offset go hand in hand together here. And then over three seconds, traverse this entire path. That's what this looks like. Here's a code pen demo for that. You can see the little five by five spec flying around. If I make this a lot slower, perhaps you can see it a little easier. I hope this is coming across okay in the video. If I make it much larger, you can see this giant thing going around. Notice how it is following that, like it rotates itself as well to make more sense. Say that that was a car. It would look really weird if that car 
wasn't rotating along this path. If it was just static, that would look pretty weird. So here's this car cruising along the path. I turned it into a car just through a background graphic there. But that that I hope that really drives home what offset path is for. It's for animating movement along a path which takes path data which can draw anything so it can be as curvy or boxy or anything as you want notice that um, that offset rotation so here's a, an example that uses a path to fly a modal window in kind of fun style on a cool path you know why not there's blurring and twisting if i don't reset that or force the offset rotation to be zero you can see the the modal dialog box looks really bizarre so here i'm forcing it to zero so it it stays up upright, which makes more sense for text, you know, to stay upright as it's flying in. So here we go. Our fan site is moving along. We're decided to go with lots of lyrics for the site. You know, we got Particle Man. We put some buttons in there so we that we can um, click on to which man we want to see right now. Do we want it slanted? Do we want Big Universe Man shoving his belly up against the text or whatever? Now, Particle Man, we could wire up that thing to a thing that we can click and Particle Man kind of flies onto the screen and then flies away that why not that's kind of a fun thing we could do uh gives people a reason to visit our sweet fan site for one thing here's the deal though in css land this offset path you know i said oh it takes path paths are amazing it takes path data now we have paths in css is amazing okay great but offset path only takes path which is a little wtf-y really because it's like what if i want to animate something in a circle like why can't i just give it circle a little bit makes sense because you define a circle like which way along the circle uh it does you'd have to have another property to or you'd have to just have it only be able to animate one way around the circle well, clockwise i guess um but paths kind of inherently draw there's two ways to draw this uh, the same circle and path go one way or go the other way and it's kind of inherent to pass so that kind of makes sense and anyway look at the look at the chart a little bit um i think we're going on the chart yeah here we go so a shape outside takes polygon. Great. Offset path doesn't. Same story with circle. Same story with ellipse. Same story with inset. Offset path doesn't take any of these things that shape outside paths, but it's exactly flip-flopped for path. Shape outside doesn't take path, even though it would be awesome if it did. And offset path only takes path. Uh, and then it doesn't take a URL at all. You know, shape outside took a raster graphic. Offset path doesn't. It was, it's another bummer thing because you could imagine there being an, a drawn SVG shape on the page and you'd want to animate something along that drawn path. You might want to link to you know the URL to a fragment identifier of that piece of SVG. You can't do that too bad. Okay, so we looked at the cheesy, you know, like make Particle Man fly around. There's actually tasteful things you can do with it as well. Here's a nice little loader by Rachel McGrain with these little balls flying around in a circle. Very cool. Hopefully that comes across as smooth. It's actually quite smooth in, in case it's not smooth in the video. Works pretty good. I'm not sure how hardware animated it is, but maybe it depends. There's probably trickery here. I like this one that it's a thank you button where this heart like shoots out other hearts. But you can see in the JavaScript on the left there that the path, the offset path, literally it's being set with JavaScript, but it's, you know, it's setting CSS data there for it to animate is uh, random numbers, just generated random numbers so that the path that those hearts fly around are different every time. This is a fun one. Dan Wilson has done a bunch of writing about motion path and offset path and all of this stuff. Uh, he made this one a, a bit of a game. So there's some chunks that are all being uh, animated along the same motion path, which is neat. And, and it doesn't, it's not really obvious what that path is. You can't really see it in your head until this animation gets faster. And then it kind of reveals itself. Hopefully that uh, 
comes across in the video. The real demo, it's very clear what that image is. This was a little weird to me, but it's Texas. If that wasn't obvious in the video, I think if you go to this URL and actually look at the demo, it's very, it's very clearly the shape of Texas. Um, idea time. We're going to need to push forward on our fan site a little bit here. We're going with the lyrics theme. I like the lyrics theme. Uh, you know, it's just fun, kind of. And uh, uh, what else can we do, though? We have buttons you can press. How about some hovers? You know, how about you hover over something and something surprising there that you didn't expect to be there? Let's use a, another one of my favorite songs from the, from the record, Your Racist Friend. So that was pretty fun. It's a pretty good song. You should listen to that. Here's the lyrics for your racist friend. It's just a, it's a sad story about somebody who doesn't really want to be at the party because he's locked into a conversation he doesn't want to be having with a friend who's racist. So here's, here's you and here's your racist friend. Cool. So you can clip elements. This is the third property that we're going to talk about with the CSS property called clip path. So let's say we wanted to clip that down to what we were looking at originally. Well, how do we do that? What does clip path take? It takes the same kind of functions that shape outside was looking at. Uh, so with clip path, here's another one inset. That's the one that we didn't look at, but we were looking at in the browser support charts. Here's an element. It happens to be an image right now, but it could be anything. It could be a div or a section or whatever. You say clip path and then pass it the value of the inset function, which takes four values, top, right, bottom, left. And you can see top from the top, nothing here in this case. From the right, 20 pixels, bottom, about the same. And then from the left, much further to clip out yield Donald's face there. And so if I applied clip path to this image, it would clip uh, all that away and it would just be showing that face looking at the racist friend there a little bit. So this is animatable as well. I just dropped this in SAS so you can see whatever. There's a, there's a transition on it uh, 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 and a transform. Why not? We'll move it a little bit while we're at it. And there's, a clip, there's the original clip path that has all the stuff clipped away. And then it goes to 0, 0, 0, 0, which is like don't clip it at all. So the result being there, if I drop this down here, it's, it's moving and it's clipping at the same time. It's not like the greatest demo in the world, but the, the rest of that image isn't hidden by the left of the browser. That's hidden by the clipping path that we've created. And we just set it on hover because we can, you know, you don't have to use it on hover. It could be anything, but it makes for kind of a fun thing. So there's actually tasteful things, of course, you could do with clip path instead of uh, what we just did there. There's a, um, this is a fake website for a, a gym that I put together for another demo, which has these rectangular vertical chunks here, which really are just divs. There's, these are just big divs that I've done some media query testing to make sure that there is a mouse present um, so that because, you know, there's information we're locking behind a hover effect here, which is probably not a good idea and not a lot of affordances that would explain that you're supposed to hover over these things like I could that just seems bizarre but it's just a kind of a fun demo of what you can do with clip path you know from animating from clipped to not clipped these are just stacked absolutely positioned divs sitting on top of each other animating so you can see there's there's ways to do that I've done it a little bit good and a little bit not good whatever uh, a lot of rectangles on the web <laughs> I'm sure you realize that 
you know, of all the different display types we have, everything tends to be a rectangle on the web. It's sometimes fun to mess with that a little bit. And these are just essentially, they are started lives as, you know, divs or sections or whatever they are, articles perhaps, because it has a title and some text, which, you know, we've set a background color of black, we've set the title yellow, whatever, but it's going to make a rectangle. We've used some column layout, whatever. As long as we have some some padding around that text, I can go ahead and clip it away a little bit. In this case, I'm just clipping a few percentages off some random corners, essentially, to make slightly non-rectangular elements. Super easy, progressive enhancement, friendly thing to do with clip path there. Uh, 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 of course, it's animated clip path. Uh, so we can, we, we already looked at that a little bit, but these just a couple of shimmy shimmy shake things there you know social media lately has told us that all user avatars must be round twitter went to round i think facebook's growing around all social everything is round these days so of course i if i was just making an avatar round with an image i'd probably go with border radius that could probably get done the first two there but that one on the right that turns your avatar into a little speech bubble thing that's the kind of thing that's perfect for clip path combined with polygon because those are straight lines there right perfect the it's animatable with e, um kind of a bouncy cubic bezier easing here as well Ooh, sure why not triangles going on there combine that with a little bit of javascript that says the you know the center of this clipping path with a circle is uh should follow the mouse position around here fun demo by noel pretty great here's another uh, uh great demo of just some some images that are or divs really that are stacked on top of each other that reveal themselves as you click through with uh with clip paths you know like which one is active well clip clip away all the ones below it uh, which is pretty neat demo for that one of the best tools that exists out there for clip path but this would also work for shape outside as well because it's mostly just giving you the syntax of these functions is this tool called clippy by bennett feely Google Clippy, get past all the dumb Microsoft stuff about their little helper tool thing from a hundred years ago and find Clippy this tool uh, uh, and it's great. So you can you know click a triangle here. I can move over to the left and move these um, sliders to, you know, that's a circle. This is uh, ellipse. The most useful one is all the rest of those ones on the right are essentially polygons. Uh, and it's great. And you can see the code on the bottom there of all the different points and what their percentage values are. Percentages are probably the most useful values, although I like I said, we covered it can take rems, ms, pixels, vws, whatever. Uh, but yeah, so this tool is great. And then you grab that code and just use it how you want to use it. I find myself starting with this 90% of the time when working with these functions. It's such a great tool. So guess what? Uh, with clip path, you know, clip path. You'd think it could take path, but it can't. If we look at these browser support charts a little bit, shape outside and clip path hang out together here. It can take polygon. Remember offset path couldn't take any of this stuff. Clip path and shape outside are similar and then it can take polygon, circle, ellipse, inset all the way through. Uh, neither of them can take path, which is too bad despite clip path, the name path and the fact that path as a function definitely exists in CSS. For some reason, it can't take it here. And remember how shape outside took a took a raster graphic or whatever a graphic of some kind and clip path can all can take a url but it points to an svg on the page like if you have uh, some inline svg sitting there that defines a circle or a path or whatever you can give a you are you know an id identifier to that existing clip path and it will use it in the clip path so that's what we really wanted for both offset path and it'd be nice for shape outside frankly 
Uh, it does work in Clipbath, but none of the other ones. So it just gets a little gets a little dicey at how things are supported a little bit. Those being the really kind of sad ones, I think. I'll make a list at the end of this video for for browser vendor stuff. So there are are ways to get curved clipping path. Like if you if you have a div or an image or something on the page and you need to clip it with curves, which is path is the only way to do that. Uh, or with you know not non-circular or ellipsy curves, so you can do it with clip path where you point to the URL. The you know hashtag clip path on the right there points to some existing SVG where that path is defined, or you can use mask instead, and mask can could point to an SVG file with curves or or, or raster as well. Masks are you know where there's black it's shown through, or it's white it gets covered, or vice versa. I can't remember. So here's the here's how masking works. It's this mask image property in CSS. So Illustrator, I have the heart. I've uploaded the heart. I was just showing you that, look, it's at that URL that's being used there. And you can see the black is where it's being shown through, and the white is where it's being hidden in this, in this case. And I'm controlling the mask with the mask size property here. It even takes keywords like cover, which will make it as big as the element itself and its vector. So it scales nicely. So that's mask. If you need to clip something with a curve, you can, you just got to do it like this. Uh, Tim Holman made this demo of sl slides in which that it uses mask image and scales the size of that mask to make like a, a slideshow framework. That could just be any HTML in the middle there. I just put some bogus content in it. So you can see the star, he used a donkey here. So it's kind of like an ass wipe. Hey, oh, and here's a mustache and that you can see the curves in that mustache proving that you can indeed clip things with curves uh, in SVG, which is cool. So speaking of SVG, um, there's this very important book that's been written about SVG that literally all of you should have five or six copies of laying around. I think go ahead and Google practical SVG and pick up that book. If you want to learn more about SVG for sure, you could say that SVG is kind of like the graphics format that says bad mother sucker on it. It's amazing. It can do way more than, than, you know, like we're talking about shapes in CSS, which is kind of baby stuff. Like what you can, if you're really into shapes and bringing shapes to the web, SVG is really the graphics format for that. Not so much with shape outside because you can't really wrap text in SVG. But if you're interested in all that clipping and masking and how that stuff, that stuff is way more powerful in SVG. It's nice that and convenient that we have it in CSS. But if you can leave it in SVG, you might as well because it can be multiple elements. It can be just much more robust in SVG. SVG also had animate motion as part of smile. And it, of course, was more robust than what we have with offset path. Certainly, too. Smile is pretty robust, but it's it's very not well supported and 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 the the blink team has threatened a while back to rip out smile it's just not something that you should uh invest much of your time and thinking in but i'm kind of thinking svg's gotten a lot more popular in the last couple of years for sure and the pro proposed kind of deprecation of smile entirely i think is kind of why this stuff is starting to show up in css all of a sudden animating motion and having the ability to do these clippy stuff and and also control svg from CSS, I think it's it, all that ha has a lot to do with it. So here's something that you should just uh, know about that you can do regarding CSS and SVG combined. So I have the noun project here. I'm just grabbing one of their icons and dragging it into CodePad. That's a thing you can do. It draws a little flag. Here's me uh, grabbing that first path and just making sure that I have control here, like I think I do. So I'm grabbing the flag pole there by selecting the first path, changing it to fill red. Great. Do you know you could do this? 
D, you know, D is the data attribute in the HTML. If I pass this nothing, it's going to disappear because I can control that D attribute from CSS. So let me copy and paste the values in there. Now it's back. I can change this M value, which is moving the X coordinate of that first pull there. And it totally moved it. I have control over this data from CSS, which is very interesting. So I've made that flagpole taller. And now I'm saying only do that when I hover over the SVG. So I have that control as well. It's drawn itself by default, and then I'm taking over control of the design of it on hover, which is neat. So if I say also have a transition, watch this. Now I have movement in that shape as well, just, for the, just how you'd expect it to work in CSS really, which is neat. Uh, I can mess with this a little bit. Just make that, make sure that flagpole is doing what I think it's doing. I'm not sure what I was doing there exactly. So here's some paths in text that we can look at. Big, bold, black line shapes on the right. Look how easy they are to draw. Like, of course, within SVG, I can have this very small view box. We're looking at a 10 by 10 grid. You can see the view box there. Uh, and I'm saying draw a straight, in the very first upper left one, draw a straight line from 22 to 88. Fine. Uh, it does that, and I can say draw it with a thick line and draw it with curves around it, all that stuff. You know, the one, the next one over is you know, draw two lines, you know, from here to here. So I've got a polygon kind of thing going on there, and then I'm playing with all the different curves in this example too, trying to wrap my head around them. And then in CSS as well. Oh, here's me. I should have played this video early. So I move it to one one. You'll see the line get a little longer. Right? This is just I'm drawing connections to to what's happening here in the CSS. I'm saying, you know, big thick line, make it nice rounded corners there. Don't end with, you know, jags. And then when you hover over each of them, change these values and have animate them. So I'm just changing a couple of values on these things. And I got these really interactive, really fun, really nicely animated icon weirdnesses, I guess, through CSS alone. It's the only technology is a little bit of inline SVG sitting in the HTML and some CSS with some hovers attached. Really neat. So maybe the, you know, the, they kind of look like little tiny pieces of string to me. And so I, I guess I put them on this page. We want to rock. I kind of forget what we are talking about, I think. Where was I? I forgot the point that I was making. I said if I was smart that I would save up for a piece of string and a rock to wind string Everybody wants a rock to wind a piece of string around. Everybody wants a rock to wind a piece of string around, right? Everybody wants control over their SVG from CSS as well. We just looked at this one inline SVG in CSS on the right. Yes, I can control that path data. What about polygons? You'd think for sure polygons would work. That polygon function works for all kinds of things in CSS, but I just don't have control over the points attribute in SVG. And there's just no, there's no way to cut it in CSS. It doesn't work. So you'd think, what is it just paths that happen to have that control? No, not really, because there's circles, there's ellipses, there's rectangles, all in SVG land. And all of the attributes on those elements, those SVG elements are controllable in CSS, CX, CY, RX, all that stuff. So it's really just polygon that doesn't work, which is crazy. I mean, it seems, it seems bizarre to me, I should say, uh, that polygon is one of the most supported things in the other properties, but just not so much right here. 
So there's this full full support chart. I added D at the bottom there because D is just another example where that path function is supported, just like an offset path, but not so much in some of the places that we want it. So uh, I, I made this list kind of for anybody who's like works at a browser or something that wants feedback. Here's the kind of list of things that I would that seem to make sense that that would kind of pull this party together. Shape outside should be able to use path. I should be able to define curves that I want my text to wrap around with. Shape outside should could would also be nice if I could wrap text around by pointing to a URL fragment. Right now it only takes the graphics, you know, it'd be nice to be able to point to an existing path on the page to wrap text around. It'd be nice to know what's up with path. And we didn't go deep into this, but we looked at the path syntax. Path syntax is unitless. All this all the values in SVG land are unitless and path in CSS is unitless too which is weird because it just, I think it just assumes pixels. It just translate those units list values into pixels, which is not how it works in, it's the only way it could work right now without like bringing Viewbox to CSS or changing that syntax to, to force it to have units. Anyway, like what's the, what's that path syntax gonna be like going forward in CSS? Because just keeping it unitless is too weird, I think. Uh, and that's what I mentioned in the fourth point as well. But Pat, there's talk about not having, you know, like having the D attribute in CSS remain, but not wrapping it in the path function because the path function is like, this is CSS's version of it. Whereas maybe just passing it a string would be the other way to do it anyway. And if we could, if we could figure out what's up with polygon, that'd be nice too. Like, can we promote that points attribute into CSS in a way that makes sense? So kind of a list of five things there, but anyway, you know, I've heard from folks involved literally with CSS, the language, that there is a desire to bring all this stuff together. Uh, I should mention that all the stuff we looked at is all tends to be like little dumb little design stuff that uh, 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 works great with progressive enhancement, meaning that if the text doesn't wrap around something perfectly, who cares? If, if you know, I've animated a little dot around the screen, it doesn't animate big, you know, tends to be the type of stuff where if it doesn't work in some older browser, big deal. Uh, uh, but the, the browser support is, is generally pretty good for this stuff. Definitely not as explored as it could be. There's plenty of really fun stuff that you can do now with this stuff. Look around on CodePen. There's so many examples of really fun, fascinating stuff you can do there. Certainly hundreds, thousands of demos for sure. Those are the four properties we wanted to talk about. D, clip bath, shape outside, and whatever the fourth one was. My mind is going crazy. I think it's time for a beer. Thanks for listening. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. There's only one thing that I know how to do well And I've often been told that you only can do what you know how to do well And that's be you Be what you're like Be like yourself And so I'm having a wonderful time But I'd rather be whistling in the dark <laughs>